This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast. The preseason is a wrap, and we are officially one week away from real NFL football. Today, we are coming at you with our NFC preview blitz. We are blitzing through the entire NFC in 45 minutes or less, so just a couple of minutes and our best bet for each team. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Raheem Palmer. Raheem, you ready to fly through these NFC teams? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, we're really excited for the NFL season. We're just about a week and a half away, so let's go. All right, well, before we get started, don't forget to check out our Win Total podcast right here in the Action Network. Uh, we dropped four hours of delectable team win goodness last week from Stucky, Chris Raybon, and Sean Kerner. Make sure to listen to those if you haven't already. We're not really doing much with traditional over-unders today, but just about anything else on the board is in play. So Super Bowl odds, conference odds, division winner, order of finish, alternate over-under lines, pretty much anything that we can come up with to win you some cash. So as always, all of our odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. And just kind of let you know where this is going. We are going through teams today in the order that Raheem and I are ranking them from top to bottom. So we put all 16 teams into a tier, five tiers. So teams that can win the Super Bowl, win a playoff game, teams that can make the playoffs, teams that contend for the playoffs, and then cross-offs. So we'll kind of talk about that as we go. But let's start the blitz out with a team that pretty much everyone has right at the top, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Raheem, the champs are back, basically running it back with the entire roster. Do we even need to talk about the other 15 teams? Um, Of course we do. I mean, this is the NFL in the NFL, there's no like certainty. Injuries happen. Of course, you know, teams don't perform the same way they did last year. But I think when it comes to the Buccaneers, they have the advantage of actually they figured it out late, late last season. I mean, you know, Brady and Arians, they really weren't on the same page to start last season. You know, they didn't run a lot of play action. They didn't run a lot of pre-snap motion. And that's what they started to run as the year go- or went on. And you saw, you know, towards the end of the year, the Bucs didn't win. They didn't lose. And, you know, they end up winning the Super Bowl. They have one of the best defenses in the league. You know, you have a, a, a vaunted front seven. You know, they I mean, they have a great secondary with, you know, a lot of the young guys. So I think this is team. This is the team that's going to be there when it's all said and done. So I think, you know, for me, it's still worth it to talk about the other teams. But, you know, this Bucks team with year two and Tom Brady and Arians, you know, they should be fine. Yeah, one thing that I just can't quite get past in my head is wondering if this season might turn out to be a little bit of the opposite of last season, meaning like last year, what what we saw is what you just said. They started out a little slower and then they really picked up speed as it went on. The offense really took off the second half. They peaked for the playoffs. It all looked awesome. I worry a little bit. It's just a gut instinct that they might peak early and then maybe start to fade a little bit. Like, I wonder if they might be this juggernaut regular season team. Everything is lined up right now. But a few hidden concerns. On offense, the line is definitely the weakest part. It's good, but there are a little bit of question marks there. There's some regression possibility. 
On defense, the secondary is the weakest part. Line and secondary are the two areas where the wrong injury or the wrong regression can like really tank your season. Um, they're really rough on special teams. Uh, last year, they were the healthiest team in football. So that's a thing that usually regresses. I just wonder if they might look really good and just crush teams for a while, but then maybe start to fade a little bit later on. So for me, I'm actually looking to just make a safe play on the box. My best bet for Tampa Bay is just 12 or more wins. We're 17 game season now. So I just need to get to 12 and five or better. That's at minus 130. It's, I just, I don't see how this team goes 11 and six or worse unless like a Tom Brady like injury or catastrophic fall off happens. So I'm sticking with the soft, easy schedule, easy win. I might look for my sp- spot to bet them later. What do you like for Tampa? I like the exact finishing position. They have Tampa Bay at minus 185, but there's certain books out there that have Tampa Bay to win the division at minus 240, but they have them to win first place in the division at minus 185. So take the minus 185. I think the Saints are going to take a step back this year. We don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas. Jameis Winston is... I I love him. I'm a Jameis trooper, but you know we know he could turn the ball over. I mean, the defense is getting older. The Falcons are, you know, they're still a ways away. Same with the the Panthers. So take them minus 185 to finish first in the division. I like that. It definitely feels like the division is kind of a wrap for them. Uh, So let's move to the Green Bay Packers. They are the second team that they are my only other team that is a Super Bowl contender in that top tier for me in the NFC. They're number two for both of us. So the Packers, kind of like the Bucks, are basically seem like they're running everything back for the most part. They didn't really make any big ticket additions to this team, much to the chagrin of Aaron Rodgers every single season. But this is a good team. They went 13-3 and three each of the last two years. I love that they've got Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari at tackle once he gets healthy soon, Zadarius Smith rushing the passer, Jair Alexander. Those are four absolute premium players at what to me are the four most important positions in football. And I was a little worried about the regression factors, but it's just a strong, talented team. I have them top seven or eight on offense and defense. And Tampa is the only other team in football that is both of those things. I just think the floor is very high. I also don't love the division. So I think that there's a lot of win possibilities here. Um, so I just think Green Bay, it feels like we're sleeping on them a little bit. I, I feel like you don't like Green Bay as much as me, though. Um, I mean, for me, when I look at Green Bay, I think the biggest issues that I have with them is that first, they overperformed their Pythagorean expectation by over three games the last two years. Now, I mean, they also had some losses on the offensive line. You know, they lost Lane Taylor. They lost Corey Lindsley. Um, David Bakhtiari is out. But. Even despite that, I think they're in a weak division. You know, the Bears don't have an offensive line. The defense has taken a step back. The Lions are trash. Minnesota, I think they could be a worthy challenger to them. But to me, it feels like the Packers are going to win this division by default. I mean, they still have a a great offense. I do expect Aaron Rodgers to take a step back this year. But, you know, I, I just think they're in a division where it makes it easier for them. And, you know, one of the reasons why... You know, I spoke about this before in a previous podcast. I took Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. I took the Packers to win a Super Bowl and win the NFC last year is because the best way to get to the Super Bowl and get that number one seed is to beat up on your division. And if if they're in one of the weakest divisions, then, you know, they have the opportunity there. So 
for me, I think there's some value on the Packers to win a Super Bowl at plus 1,200. And I also think there's some value on them to win a division at minus 145. Yeah, I like that. I'm with you on those. Uh, I, I played the Packers on one of our last podcasts uh, uh, just to win the most games in the NFL. I don't know if I totally believe that this team is going to be the best in the playoffs. I think that there may be like third, fourth, fifth, somewhere in that range. But they're plus 2,200 to finish with the best record. And we just saw 13 and 3, 13 and 3. They did overperform expectations, but that's what happens when you have Rodgers doing Rodgers things. And I just feel like there's very easy to see them 13 and 4, 14 and 3. NFC one seed. Uh, I feel like at, at plus 2,200, uh, that's, a, that's a good number. Uh, looking at the schedule too, they could be eight and no heading into Kansas city for what would be the game of the season at that point. So I like that. I also like, you can bet them to go six and zero in the division at plus 475. I don't see this team losing to Chicago or Detroit. So all you're really betting on now is sweeping Minnesota. And I feel like that's a pretty good number there. So we like the Packers. They were my last Super Bowl contender team. You've got a couple more teams in this tier. So your next one is the Los Angeles Rams. I do like the Rams. I have them fourth overall, but but not quite a, a, a Super Bowl contender to me, partly because I just I have a hard time figuring this team out. So sell me a little bit on the Rams. Why, why are you in on them this year? I think the biggest thing is they have an upgraded quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff pretty much had to be spoon-fed by Sean McVay his entire career. And I think you have a quarterback who can actually go out there and actually win a game for them. Um, I think that's a big thing. I mean, the NFL is all about quarterbacks. This defense is still going to be good with Aaron Donald. I mean, he lost um, Brandon Staley, but I think Raheem Morris is a solid defensive coordinator. When you, when you just look at the Rams, I think the the upgraded quarterback is just, it's, it's big enough. The only, the only problem I have with this team is they don't have a lot of depth. So, you know, if guys start going down, I think you're going to have some problems. But, you know, McVay is going to make sure they have a a, a top tier offense. So I think that puts them in a a position to where they have a real shot. Um, If there's any reluctance for me is that they're in a really tough division. I mean, we all like San Francisco. We like Seattle, at least with, you know, Russell Wilson. But, um, you know, I think my bet would be I would lay the minus 178 on the making playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's. I definitely see this team in the playoff picture. Yeah, the depth definitely concerns me. That To me, I think that's the thing that I keep not getting past. This is a very much a stars and scrubs sort of roster, and that might be a great way to play fantasy football, but it traditionally is not a good way to build your NFL superstar team. Um, it's just, to me, it's so easy to see ways where this goes sideways. An Aaron Donald injury or Jalen Ramsey injury at all really means trouble for the defense. Who, who is even the third best player on that defense? They've lost so many names lately. Like uh, hopefully they hope it's Leonard Floyd, I think coming in to rush the passer. I don't know. There's not much else in the cupboard there. They were number one in some defensive rankings last year. And I actually have them like barely in my top 20 this season, bottom half of the league. So that's a huge drop back. And it means that like the Stafford thing is huge. This is all about Stafford and I'm excited to watch it. Stafford and Goff is just like, you can't get much more of a change than that. Like just as an NFL fan that we get to watch the grand experiment of what happens if you take a quarterback that just has to do the bare minimum to get by and then give real talent. Like Stafford last season ranked second in play action. Goff was 24th. Stafford was seventh in EPA under pressure. Goff was 27th. 
Stafford was second in the league in air yards. I mean, the numbers are all there. Like, it's like we've been running this basic, you know, simplified offense. And now you get to see Sean McVay in all his glory. I don't know what that looks like. So for me, the Rams are a pass. I'm just, I'm staying away because I don't, I don't have a good feel for it. They're a team I'm probably going to like in certain matchups in the season. I don't have a future play here just because I feel like their odds are about right where they're at. I'm really excited to see how it all plays out though. So in the division, the uh, the 49ers are our next team down the list. Like you said, really tough division. Well, we've got another one of these teams coming right after this one. So the 49ers, to me, are interesting. You and I both have the 49ers ranked high. You had them fourth on your list. I had them third. But neither one of us has them in our Super Bowl contenders. I think in the entire NFL, this is the team that we are collectively the highest on while also not quite agreeing that they can win it all. So what do you make of that? I mean, when you look at this 49ers team, they suffered 161.6 adjusted games lost last year. Literally everyone got injured. I mean, they were running a hospital. I mean, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D4, like Richard Sherman. I mean, everybody on both sides of the ball. I mean, you know, football outsiders mentioned something really interesting, but not only were they the worst in the league in terms of injuries by a wide margin, they were the second highest in their database um, behind the 2017 Chicago Bears wow. who had a 171 adjusted games lost. So it's just like the 49ers are going to get everybody back. I mean, they've just been cursed by injuries. I mean, so when you get everybody back and, you know, as much as we dislike Garoppolo, He's been able to win games for them in the regular season. Now, I think where their ceiling lies is, do we trust Garoppolo to go on the road to win a game and even put the team on his back at home? And I think that's the biggest issue when it comes to 49ers. So I think they're going to be a a team that, you know, you want to play on them like week to week in the regular season, but the quarterback situation is going to be their ceiling. You know, Trey Lance, he has a chance of, you know, getting the starting position at some point. But right now, we, we're just not sure. So, yeah, I mean, look, we could have basically just called this team the San Francisco Murphy's Laws last year. Like anything that could go wrong went wrong with this team. You listed off like the entire defensive roster for them. You didn't even say Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt last year. George Kittle, their best offensive player, was hurt all season. Debo Samuel, their best and only good receiver, was hurt all season. Like, this team got decimated. Look, Garoppolo, Kittle, Bosa, Ford, Samuel, Sherman, Thomas. That's seven good, really good players. Like, seven of their top ten players, probably, that just basically got sidelined for a huge chunk of the season. They also had 31 turnovers, which was second most in the NFL. Because guess what? When you're playing not Jimmy Garoppolo, you turn the ball over. They had four touchdowns allowed to the other team on defense. So that's just free points you're giving away. That's tough tough to come over. They have the third hardest schedule in the NFL. This season, they have, by projected win totals, the easiest schedule in the NFL, especially in the second half. It really opens up. Each team in the NFL has three variable games on the schedule based on how you finished last year. So the 49ers finished last in the division because it's a tough division and they had all those injuries. So they get to face three other last place teams this year. They get to play the Eagles, the Bengals, and the Falcons. And that's while their division opponents are playing like much tougher teams in those slots. They also, this division, as tough as the NFC West is against each other, like all these games in the division are going to be toss-up-y. 
but they get to play everyone in the division gets to play four games against the NFC North. So that's a Lions game and a Bears game and even maybe a Vikings game. We'll see if they belong on that list. They also get to play the AFC South. Yeah. The team that the, the division has nobody. So I think that the Niners can rack up a lot of wins here. I, I agree that the Garoppolo thing is, is maybe going to limit their ceiling. And I don't know that Trey Lance is going to be ready for the Super Bowl ceiling when we get there, but I kind of like them, the division we are on, I think 16 of the last 18 seasons that we have had a team go worst to first in the division and the Niners were worse last year. I've got an article coming out in a couple of days and they are clearly the team this year ranking the possible worst to first division winners. That's the team. They're at 190 to do that. My best bet though, I just like them to win the one seed in the NFC. I think they can pile up a bunch of, of wins and uh, it, it's going to be tough. The Bucks and the Packers are very good, but plus 550 to get the one seed. What's interesting is if they do get the one seed, they don't got to go on the road and win that Garoppolo road game. And then maybe, I don't know, if I'm betting them to win the one seed and they only have to stay at home, do I need to bet them to win the conference or the Super Bowl? What do you think? Mm, yeah, I mean... I think if you're betting them to win in one seed, you kind of have to throw a little flyer on them to win the Super Bowl. Just because, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Teams that have a first-round body typically win that divisional round matchup. And if you get to the yeah. NFC Championship, anything could happen. That's true. Well, I will have to think about that. Our next team is still in this exact same division. So this is three of our top five in the NFC. But, boy, do we not love the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson... My man, you are keeping this team afloat because I just don't like the makeup of this team. They have, I think, the worst corners of any contender, certainly. They don't have much pass rush. I think they grade out as a bottom 10 defense. And if you are a bottom 10 defense, you have to be really, really good offensively to offset that and like really make a playoff run. Thankfully, they have Russell Wilson. So they are usually pretty good offensively. But pretty good is not super elite. Like being the sixth best offense is, is not enough if you're a bottom 10 defense. You've got to be like Chiefs good offense and love your Russell Wilson, but you're not Pat Mahomes. So I don't know. I, I worry about the Seahawks. Both of us, as we rated them, kind of admitted to like, I, I want to rank them lower. But Russell Wilson means that if they do make the playoffs, he's going to give you a shot in any game. And I think like that's the cheat code. You, you still get Russ. But I'm I'm not loving the Seahawks. Tell me what you think about them this year. You know, I think it's funny that you said that Russell Wilson isn't Pat Mahomes. And I think in the Super Bowl, we got to see what Patrick Mahomes would look like behind this Seattle offensive line. So <laughs> it's possible that Patrick Mahomes may not be Russell Wilson. I mean, through the first six or seven weeks of the season before the Buffalo game, I mean, Russell Wilson was playing lights out. He was able to put the team on his back before Pete Carroll actually destroyed the offense and decided, you know, we're not going to let Russ cook anymore. Russell was the MVP candidate and, you know, was lighting it up. I think the defense will be a little bit better this year. They did improve towards the end of last year. They do have some problems at the corners and they struggle to get a pass rush. But I think the truth is somewhere in the middle from what we saw towards the end of last season and what we saw at the beginning of last season. I think Russell's are just going to put them in a position. I mean, they have DK Met Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I think the rookie um, Dwayne Eskridge is, is going to make this offense, you know, prolific. So as long as Pete Carroll isn't, you know, going to completely, you know, slow down the pace of this offense, um, they got a new offensive coordinator this year. 
So I, I, I think Seattle is they're not a team I'm necessarily high on to win a Super Bowl, but I think, you know, Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator, he should be able to, you know, make sure this offense is rolling and they should be there, you know, with a, a chance to, to do something. Now, if you have a top 10 quarterback, top five quarterback, you always kind of got to be in that top tier. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm intrigued by the Shane Waldron thing and what this offense can look like. It's it's absolutely wild if you look at the numbers, what Russell Wilson's numbers were the first half of last season versus the second half. I mean, it, he was on pace the first half of the season, like for the full first eight games, he was on pace for over 5,000 yards and 56 touchdowns. And in the second half, he dropped down to like an under 4,000 yard pace and like under 30 touchdowns. Like his numbers cut in half, basically. So we saw teams adjust to what they're doing rather than just like letting them chuck it deep to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett over and over again. But the Seahawks are are the team that breaks all the models because over and over again, they end up in all these close games. Like every week, always you should watch the Seahawks, but you don't have to watch till the fourth quarter because it's always going to be close. No matter what they play a good team, they play a bad team. It's going to be close late. And they're just going to keep it close and play terrible football for three quarters and then be like, okay, Russ, go go win now. And then they'll go win now. And it's like, it's really tough to bet on that because they they under or overperform and then just let Wilson clean up the mess at the end. The one thing I like about them is this. Regardless of how the season goes, their last three games of the season are against the Bears, Lions, and Cardinals. So I just feel like, as long as Wilson is healthy and they're in a range of the playoffs, that's just a three and zero stretch to end the year and like definitely get in, maybe improve their, their seating if they need to. So the bet I like for this team is I, I like them to win nine to 11 games. You can kind of bet the win band there. So that's nine and eight, 10 and seven, 11 and six. Ah, these win totals, they're the worst numbers, uh, but 155 to finish somewhere in there. It's like, okay, definitely above 500, definitely not a great team. Right in that kind of middle ground, that's the that's what I like for the Seahawks. So the, we are out of teams now that have any real shot of winning the Super Bowl. And that means that it must be time to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys are always going to be in the conversation. As America's team, we've got to talk about the Cowboys and what they're going to do. This team is baffling because they have so much talent on offense on paper. This is like a Madden offense that you could just steamroll everyone with. If Dak Prescott is healthy, if Ezekiel Elliott can return to form, if the offensive line can come back and and be healthy and look good again, uh, if CD lamb and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, like they outside of Tampa are probably the best set of receivers in the league. I am a sucker for Dallas. Like every year, I don't even like Dallas. Like I grew up, I was hating the Cowboys in the nineties and then Tony Romo came and every year I'd be like, man, Romo is so good. This team is underrated. And now we got to Dak Prescott and it's the same thing. Like it's, it's a really talented team. It's unfortunate though, that you do have to play defense and Dallas forgot to get one of those. So between the defense and all the injury question marks, this is a really hard team to get a handle on. What do you think about the Cowboys this year? Are you, are you in? Are you out? It's kind of hard to be in the middle. Um, I'm kind of in the middle. And <laughs> I, I, th- I mean, for one, I'm a Cowboys fan. So I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm more loyal to my bankroll, obviously, these days. But I think, you know, Dak Prescott, I mean, if he's healthy, 
I mean, this offense is going to roll. I mean, he finished last season with, you know, almost on pace for like almost 6,700 yards last year. I mean, he he finished, you know, with 1,856 yards. I think the weapons around him are scary. You, I think you're going to get a back, bounce back season from Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you got Amari Cooper. You got C.D. Lamb. I mean, this offense is great. And I think in today's NFL, offense is more consistent than defense. And if you can, if you can light up the scoreboard, you have a shot to, you know, be a playoff team. But I mean, I think my issue is Mike McCarthy and it's, it's, it's clear that Aaron Rodgers carried him all those years. And I don't know how you trust this Dallas team that doesn't really have a, a great defense and the head coach is lacking. So for me, I think the thing that, that gives me hope about them is that I'm not high on the division other than the Washington football team. The Eagles are in rebuilding mode. The Giants don't really have an offensive line. They have a solid defense, but I just don't see the Eagles or the Giants doing anything. So I don't really have a play on the Cowboys. I was I was leaning under, but I think when you're playing the Eagles and the Giants twice, I think it, it gives them a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, to me, I just really think the Cowboys are boom or bust. I think either you need to be in, if you believe in the offense, if you believe Dak is healthy, if you believe Zeke still has something in the tank, then I think you got to be really in. Like if the offense is healthy, they're not going to be just like, oh yeah, they're, they're pretty good again. Like like the Vikings, the next team on our list, like that they, they could be a, yeah, they're pretty good. To me, that's not the Cowboys. The Cowboys either are going to be a disaster again if the injuries are there and the defense is really bad and it just doesn't happen or things click and they really click. And, and like, then you want these guys on your fantasy team and you want all the overs. So I think if you're in, you really have to be in. You've got to play the conference odds, the Super Bowl odds. But what sucks is it's the Cowboys. It's America's team. And so it's always a public team, and you're never really going to get the best of the number here. So I'm kind of stuck on it. What I like here is I'm playing them to start 6-0. and And it's a tough angle because they start, as of course we know, Thursday night in Tampa Bay against the champs. So they got to win that one. Then they got to go to L.A. to play the Chargers. However, that's a home game for the Cowboys, right? At L.A. in the Chargers Stadium with Cowboys fans, that's a home game. So the Cowboys can win that one. Then home games against the Eagles, Giants, and Panthers. They get a month at home against three bad teams. And now they're 5-0 and at New England. And you can hedge there. If you get a little cold feet, we'll see what New England looks like. They're plus 2,800 to go 6-0 to start the season. So you're going to You're sweat. crazy. You're sweating, that, <laughs> you're sweating that week one. We'll see what happens with Tampa. You might just lose it, you know, the first quarter. But 28 to 1, I like the chances there. If they get past that first game, then I think I, I love the next four. And now you can hedge out of the New England game. You really think it's crazy? I mean, <laughs> them opening up a seven and a half point underdogs against Tampa on the road. That's a tough sell. So, so here's, <laughs> here's the decision I made. It, I was either leaning between that or picking them to win the NFC at 1600. Here's the thought process, though. To win the NFC, Dallas is going to have to win at least two games against a really good team. Even if they're the one seed, they have to win at least two games against the Bucs and another team. So would I rather bet them to win two or three tough playoff games, or would I rather bet them to win at Tampa four bad teams and maybe a fifth, depending on what New England looks like? So I'm playing the odds on taking the shorter-term thing here Plus, I know the team is healthy now. I don't know if they're going to be healthy in the playoffs. So I'm taking a shot on it. I think the Cowboys are a real boomer bust team. 
we have them six on our rankings. I feel like, you know, two months from now, they're either going to be a third or 10th and not really stuck in the middle here. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Uh, so from your favorite team, we go to my favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. So I started out on the Cowboys with your favorite. You get to start out on the Vikings with my favorite. What do we think about my boys this year? I had mixed feelings. Um, you know, there's been some sharp money on the over eight and a half wins. I, I believe that's at nine now. I, I just think I'm expecting improvement from this this Vikings defense. I mean, the offense was as, as good as you hoped it to be last year with Kirk Cousins, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. So I think this is this is a team that can realistically make the playoffs. But I'm wondering if this is this is Mike Zimmer's last year here. It's just because I I don't know if he's getting through to the players. You know, you you have Kirk Cousins talking about he's not getting vaccinated. It's like from the football reasons, I, I feel like there's reasons that this team could make the playoffs, but I, I just, I'm, I'm totally not sure. What do you think? I really am not sure. It feels this team could go really good or really bad. And to me, it, it almost feels the Cowboys to me where it's like, I don't think they're going to end up in the middle. On the one hand, the, the defense is going to be way better. Daniil Hunter is back. Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, Sheldon Richardson is going to shore up that, that horrible run defense. Patrick Peterson, Rashad Breland. I think the corner is going to be a lot better this year. I ranked the defense number two in my defensive rankings at my article last week. If you're the number two defense and like, look, we know the offense is going to be solid to good. Um, Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and Thielen and Jefferson. There's a lot of weapons there on paper. I think Minnesota should be top 10 or 12 on run offense, pass offense, run defense and pass defense. If you're good at all four of the things, you should be good. Uh, only Tampa and Baltimore are my only other two teams that fit those criteria. So the Vikings should be good. As a Vikings fan, that makes me think we're going to be absolutely terrible because that's how things go. The, the, the team is under two-thirds vaccinated, by far the least of any team in the NFL, according to all the reports that we've seen. It's a super thin team. Irv Smith is the new tight end. He's already hurt. Christian Derrissaw is the first round pick at left tackle. He's already hurt. He hasn't even played yet. So who knows when he's going to see the field. He's never seen NFL talent yet before. 
The O-line doesn't have any depth. There's two receivers on the team. There's nothing behind them. There's no safety depth. It's just like of all the years to have a top heavy team with no depth behind it in a COVID season with a team that doesn't believe in vaccinations, I'm not really loving it. I feel like this could go really awry uh, the, later in the season. Here's five games Minnesota plays. This is consecutive games. They play Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers, 49ers. That's five. That is a brutal month. And if things start a little slowly here, or if like that, you know, the wrong teammates get into code protocol at the wrong time, that could just go way sideways. So I don't know what to make of the Vikings. My bet for the team is I'm going stage of elimination. You can bet like on how far will they make the, the during the season. I think this is a team that really ought to make the playoffs, but now you got Kirk Cousins and he's not going to make a far playoff run. I like them to lose in the wild card round. So lose in the first round at plus 275. That gives me outs because if things go really well, maybe they win the division, but they absolutely could lose a home game to one of those other good NFC teams or they get in as a wild card team, Kirk on the road. That's free money at that point. So plus 275 to be eliminated in the wild card round. Did you have a bet on this team or are you just out on them totally? The numbers already move, but I do like what the Sharps took with the over eight and a half. All right. Well, we are blitzing here and we are slow on the blitz so far. So we're going to pick up the pace a little bit as we hit the second, the back half of the NFC here. But I'm not so sure that Washington football team is necessarily in the back half. I think you have them six on your rankings overall here and definitely a, a team for you that you think can win a playoff game. I'm not sold on their ability to win a playoff game. So sell me on why Washington is in your top ish tier still. I mean, you got Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jamin Davis. I mean, you have one of the best front sevens in the NFL. You have a team that, you know, played the corpse of Alex Smith and, and Dwayne Haskins last year. And now they're going to get an upgrade at quarterback at Ryan Fitzpatrick. If it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's going to be Taylor Heineke. This team, I mean, the defense is so good. I mean, I love this team. I'm taking them to win a division at plus 260. I mean, they have weapons around. They got um, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. I think the offense is going to be that much better this year, and then the defense continues to be good. I just I, – I don't see how there's a better team in the NFC East, if you ask me. So I'm taking them to win a division. I think the secondary is going to be good as well. Just give me them to win a division plus two six. Yeah, I uh, I overlooked this team coming into my prep for the season. It's a really fun team. Like if this mm. was the NBA, this would be a league pass team for me. Like this, this team is going to be behind the list. It's going to be high flying offense. It'll be passing it down the field. The pass rushers are fun. Here's the problem though. Remember we talked about those three variable games, depending on how you finished last year. Washington mm-hmm. won their division. And because they won the division, their three variable games this season come against Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Josh Allen. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed your playoff loss last year because that is a rough schedule to, to get those three on top of everything else. Washington is the only team in the NFL that has to play Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady and Russ this year. So the defense is really good, but boy, are they going to be tested all season. And the offense can't help but be better, but I don't know. To me, this is my first team out of the playoffs. Maybe they get in if Minnesota or Dallas craters. I think it's very possible. I'm taking what to me is kind of a safer play here, but I still get a plus 190 on it. 
I'm going Washington over three and a half division wins. That's crazy to me that that's a plus 190. The Eagles are not good. The Giants are terrible. And the Cowboys might be bad. We don't know yet. Like Washington could easily lose to Dallas twice and still go 4-0 in the other games. Or they beat Dallas once and get three of the other four. Like that, it's it's really tough to me to see Washington just being so bad because the defense gives them a high floor. So I like them at 190 to be over three and a half division wins. The team that I don't like as much, and now we are definitely out of teams that either one of us has as winning a playoff game. The Arizona Cardinals. You've got them as a team that can still make the playoffs. I have them even further. I have the Cardinals 11th in my NFC. I just don't believe in this team. I Well, I don't believe in Cliff Kingsbury. I don't like Cliff Kingsbury. The man is in love with bubble screens and curls. They got the whole offense built around Kyler's legs, and they're, just like, they're doing nothing to help him. The, this, the roster on paper, I've got roster rankings. On paper, the Cardinals are 12th on offense and 14th on defense. That should be a playoff team but they're only 20th overall because the head coaching and the special teams brings everything down so much. Like it's a multiplying factor and we're multiplying by negatives. So Arizona, they went out and they brought in AJ green and JJ Watt and Malcolm Butler and Matt Prater and James Connor. Like to me, this reeks of a team that is like playing Madden and is just like, Oh, I know that name. Oh, JJ Watt. I've heard of him. Malcolm Butler. Didn't he win the Super Bowl MVP? Oh, he had that interception. I think they're just grabbing guys and they're like these guys are not like, there's a reason these players are, we're all free agents. And like, there's a reason they're available. I just feel like the Arizona, the management, the direction, the coaching, it just dooms the team to me. I just, I don't want, I don't want part of it. I actually don't want part of them either. I think one of the reasons why I had them in that tier in which they could make the playoffs is that you have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I think sometimes that's enough. If you have a, you know, solid quarterback, but I'm not a believer in Cliff Kingsbury either. Malcolm Butler, I mean, he hasn't been good in years. J.J. Watt would, could be a waste of money. I think, you know, their high ceiling is making it to the playoffs. But for me, I think my best bet here is the Arizona Cardinals finishing fourth in the division at plus 110. They're obviously the worst team in this division between the Rams, 49ers, and Seattle Seahawks. We're in agreement that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to be fired at the end of this year. He has basic concepts. And I think, I mean, one of the things that people don't really recognize is that Belichick took his soul. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, if you were watching, you know, their season last year, Arizona's offense was, was running wild. And then they played the New England Patriots. You know, they decided to go small, put a lot of corners out there. And since then, Arizona's offense completely fell off a cliff. And I think with another year, you're going to have more defensive coordinators doing that. And do we really trust Cliff Kingsbury's ability to make adjustments? Um, I don't. So I think fourth in the division plus 110, you got some good value on that. I love the accidental word uh, wordplay there. Fell off a cliff. Boy, boy, did they ever fall off the cliff. And Arizona <laughs> fans will be hoping they fall off of cliff and, and get a real coach in there by the end of the season. I think uh, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Last in the division, plus 110. One of my favorite bets of the entire podcast here. That division is really good. Those other three teams are all playoff teams to me. Arizona is, is tough to make the playoffs if you are last in your division. So plus 110. Thank you, uh, betting gods, for the plus number because I want to play the Cardinals to to it's it's a fade the Cardinals and to play on those other three teams. 
All right. Number 10 on our list is the New Orleans Saints kind of stuck in the middle. So you said that you're in on the Jameis Winston experience. I have been out on the Jameis Winston experience since like the moment that I ever laid eyes on him. So tell me about Jameis. Why do I need to believe again? I mean, I said I'm a Jameis Winston truther because I believe he has the talent to be, you know, he reminds me of like Atlanta Brett Favre. Okay. Like I think he has that that gunslinger mentality, but I don't know if this is the team where he can actually, you know, thrive. I mean, they let Emmanuel Sanders walk. We don't know if Michael Thomas is ever going to play again. So I'm not sure that he's the guy that you want to see on this team. They don't have the receivers that he had in Tampa Bay. And then when I look at this defense, I mean, the guys are getting older. I mean, Cameron Cameron Jordan is 32 years old. Trey Hendrickson left. Malcolm Jenkins is 34 years old towards the end of his career. Marshawn Lattimore, he wasn't what he was his rookie season. He was 57th in success rate, allowing a 47% success rate among, you know, against opposing receivers. I don't really trust the secondary. The defensive line is getting older. Guys are walking. The offense is, is, is not going to be nearly as good. So I'm out on this team. I mean, there's been some sharp money to hit this total, this win total at under nine and a half. I think under nine is still good. I'm going under on the Saints. I think you're going to get some improvement between the Falcons and the Panthers, and that's going to be enough to push them under. Yeah, I was way out on the Saints, and I'm a little less out just because the defense is still going to be pretty good. The offensive line is really good. The coaching is really good. All of those things, like this is the anti-Cardinals. Like that just gives you a high floor. When you've got defense and blocking and coaching, it, you know, whatever Jameis can be, they're going to find out. They're going to put him in a spot like, don't bet Jameis to lead the league in interceptions. I know that he's a turnover machine, but it, they're just not going to let it happen. If it happens, then they'll turn to Taysom Hill or they'll be like, you hand off the ball on every play now or Alvin Kamara will play quarterback. Like Sean Payton will find a way. They're going to figure something out. And so that that leads me to not want to be totally out on this team. But here's what I know. Last year, the Bucs went from Jameis Winston to a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they jumped from seven and nine to winning the Super Bowl. This year, the Saints are going from a Hall of Fame quarterback to Jameis Winston. It's the other direction. I don't like where things are trending here. The Saints, the last two years, were the number one offense in efficiency when Drew Brees was on the field. Yeah, that Drew Brees, the one that we agree should be retired now, still number one. When he was out for those games, they dropped a number 20. So I just, I don't think they'd be good enough. This is our 10th team on the list. I'm just taking the Saints to miss the playoffs. Minus 130. I still think they can get there. The NFC is real deep and there's too many teams in the way. So we are both out on the Saints. We mentioned the Falcons and the Panthers. They're the next two teams on our list. So the Atlanta Falcons... I want to get there on the Falcons. I love Arthur Smith, the new coach. I love Dean Pease out of retirement to coach the defense. This is a regression team all over the place. They went four and 12 last year, but by Pythagorean, we're closer like a 500 team. Basically Atlanta lost six games last year where they had an 80% win expectancy and then lost anyway. They led the chiefs and the bucks in the second half. They had that game where Todd Gurley fell into the end zone against the lions and they lost. They had that weird onside kick against the Cowboys after they're up 20 to nothing and lost. They let Mitchell Trubisky like extend his career by a season or two against the Bears. Uh, and they just, they blew so many games. They just aren't very talented though. Like all the regression stuff is there. 
I love Smith. I love Pease. It just feels like this is kind of going to take some time and, and be a transitional year. So I want to like the Falcons. I do think they're going to be better, but I don't know if I can get too much further with them. What do you think about Atlanta this year? I think we're on the same page. And then I think one thing you also have to add is they also lose a home game because yeah. they're playing the New York Jets in week five in London. So I think they're really in a tight position. Like you said, I want to like them. I want to go over their win total of seven and a half, but this is a pass for me. Yeah. Well, the one thing I do like is that their schedule is really winnable. They only have four games this season against a, a quarterback that I would say is a top half of the league quarterback. And this, this defense has been pretty good against the run over the years. They just can't defend the pass, but like the, the fifth best quarterback on their schedule is either Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff. So whatever the drop is to those guys, like obviously they got to face Brady twice, but there's just not much else there. So I think that this is a team to me, this is almost like a Seahawks team, but without Russell Wilson, like I can see a lot of close winnable games and who knows, maybe Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan can win some of those games that this team has always found ways to lose since that Super Bowl collapse. So I like Atlanta. I couldn't quite get there to win the division at plus 850, but here's what I do like. Tampa Bay, number one, Atlanta, number two in the division. So basically, we all think the Bucs can win the division anyway. That's a given. Nobody else can catch them. But I like the Falcons better than the Saints and the Panthers, plus 500 to go one, two in the division. So that's my play, just seeing if Atlanta can get there a little bit more than the Saints and Panthers. So the Panthers are our next team. They're number 12 on our list. I got to be honest, the, the Panthers might be the team that I have thought the least about out of all 32 teams. Like, I just don't have a lot of thoughts about the Panthers. And I think it's because of Sam Darnold. I just see Sam Darnold and I'm like, okay, I don't need to think about this team. I'm out. So do I need to know anything more than Sam Darnold on the Panthers? I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I like the weapons on this team, but it's just, I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what to make of it. They gave up so much for Sam Darnold. If Matt rule is, you know, really that guy that he can turn this guy around. But besides that, I don't really have too much of a play on this. I, I have seen some sharp money hit the screen on the over seven and a half wins. So if you want to roll with that, but for me, I'm sitting this one out. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pass on the Panthers too. I just, I don't have a good feel for them. I'm not totally sure what the saints and Panthers are going to do. So that plays in a little bit to where the Panthers are. I'm, I'm just going to kind of sit out on them. All right, we have four teams left at the bottom here. Teams that we agree just really aren't in the mix. We had each of these teams in our bottom four. So start out with the Philadelphia Eagles, your hometown Eagles. Uh, health pending, this team could be good, kind of. The defense could be pretty good. The offensive line could be pretty good. And that, again, that could give them a floor. But the difference with them and like the 49ers is that their guys that don't stay healthy are old dudes. And old dudes don't stay healthy much worse than the younger guys. Like, you know, I, I, I'm i 38. Like, I, I can't hard to get out of the bed sometimes in the morning. So, so once you get to those 30s and late 30s, like that, that starts to set in a little bit. And I just, I, I don't trust anything on this offense. Maybe it can be good. Maybe Jalen Hurts is a real quarterback. Maybe Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, like, figure things out at receiver. Maybe Nick Sirianni elevates the team. I won't rule it out. I think the NFC East puts some of that in play if they're like competent at least. And if they stay healthy to me, I had them as my last team that could still contend for the playoffs, mostly because of the division, but it's not because I believe in them. Uh, what are you hearing about Philadelphia? I don't believe in this team at all. 
honestly, it's, <laughs> this is a team in transition mode. Um, this is not a team I'm looking to bet. I mean, honestly, you know, when I look at their schedule, they can easily start off 0-5, 0-6. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. They're at Atlanta, San Francisco, Dallas, Kansas City, Carolina, Tampa Bay, the Rams. I, I think that the wheels are going to fall off this team from the – from Jump Street. So this is a team I'm probably looking to go under on, <laughs> but, but it's just, you, you just never know. I mean, you got a, you got a rookie head coach. I'm not really that high on Jalen Hurts. So I think yeah, six and a half is a little too high. Yeah. For me, the Eagles, uh, the number I'm playing, we talked about this before, this isn't quite a team bet, but I'm going to just sprinkle a little bit on Nick Sirianni to win coach of the year at 5,000, just 50 to one. He's like the second or third lowest on the board. We love to give coach of the year to a first year coach on a new team. And the, the NFC East could open up if the Cowboys don't stay healthy. If Washington you know, struggles against the schedule, it's not hard for me to see this Eagles team staying healthy. And because of the, the schedule and the division getting to like 10 and seven, and maybe that's in play. And that's just my way to protect myself against like, well, what if, what if they're actually kind of good? That gives me a little bit of a long shot out there. But I think for you, the New York Giants are your maybe version of that. I think you probably have them ahead of the Eagles and they're your last team that might still contend for the playoffs, probably because of the division. So I'm out on the Giants. Why do you think the Giants are possibly in the mix there? I mean, for me, I'm I'm, I'm out on the Giants as well, but I, I think they have a solid defense. I I, I think they're, you know, a, a seven, eight win team, maybe six, something like that. Um, the, the interesting thing about Daniel Jones is that I'm not that high on him either, but he's one of those guys who can add variance to the game and just make a play. Like, I don't know if you were watching the game last night, but he had a touchdown pass in the first half to give the Giants a lead. And it's just like, it's like, how do you do that? So it's, he's just one of those guys that he can make plays. So, and I think the defense can keep them in enough games and Jones is going to make enough plays for them to, you know, still games here and there. So I don't think they're, they're as bad as the Eagles, but I, I think they're, they, they, they can compete. Do you, did you have a play on the Giants? I have no play on the Giants at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm out on the Giants. They have the worst offensive line in the league, and I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I don't disagree with what you said. He's kind of just random. He, a little bit Jameis Winston-y where he can just like do random stuff and, and kind of mess it up for either side. But I don't believe in, in Jones. I don't believe in Joe Judge. To me, I'm just really fading the Giants. I'm going to take the alternate under six wins. So they got to go five wins or worse at plus 220. I just think this team could crater and get to a spot where they're definitely out on Daniel Jones. Like this, if it's not happening this year, they got to move on and get the new quarterback in. And so I'm not afraid of them getting the 710 or better. I disagree with what you said. I don't think they're a seven or eight win team. I think they're just a little bit worse, even in a division that's kind of soft. So I'm going to play the alternate under knowing that they might push, but if they really crater plus 220, I get the payoff there. Our last two teams come out of the NFC North and they should stay there. They are not going to be good this year. My poor hometown Chicago Bears have an absolutely brutal schedule this season. They face, by my schedule, they face 12 out of their 17 games are against teams that I have as playoff contenders. So there's not a soft spot here to put Justin Fields into the mix. I don't believe in in like what Matt Nagy is doing. Andy Dalton stinks. Just put Fields out there and let him do his thing. But there's no blocking. It's a mess. It's and 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 the, and the Bears don't have that like awesome Bears defense to save them anymore either. It's more like a good defense that needs a little help. 
So I, I think it could go really badly for the Bears this year. What do you think about Chicago? Oh, I agree with you. I, I like the under seven and a half wins. I mean, the offensive line is terrible. The defense is actually taking a step back. And I, I just think Matt Nagy isn't the guy to coach this team. I was initially on board with putting Fields in, but are you sure you even want to put him in, you know, from Jump Street when you have an offensive line that's poor? So I, I just I'm, I'm going under. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking just the traditional under on this too. Under seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, there's no way this team is getting to eight and nine this season. That's just not in play. I, I think that they're going to be bad, but not as bad as the Detroit Lions. The Lions were bad last year and then lost Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Um, Jared Goff, I think this could be rough. We're about to go from like the same experiment we got on the Stafford side. We're getting the other direction now. What if you took away all the Sean McVay protections from Jared Goff and gave him, you know, worse blocking and no weapons and no coaching? Now what happens? Um, I think bad things. I think bad things happen is the answer to that question. Detroit is the worst secondary in the league. I think they're going to be very bad. I think I said earlier, I thought that they were more traditional bad than horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I think they might be horrible. And yeah, this, this is going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I, even at minus 260, I think you're getting the best of it. Even the Bears are better than this team. This defense isn't good. This head coach, I mean, <laughs> Dan Campbell, he had the most bizarre entry-level press conference I've ever seen. I just don't see this team being very good. There's no reason to spend a lot of time on it. Minus 260 to finish last in the division. It's worth laying the juice. So I disagree. I, I am not willing to lay the 260. Mostly nothing because of Detroit, but just because I think it could go very badly for Chicago. I think it's there's a world where Minnesota could even contend down there. Things really implode. I actually, you're going to think I'm crazy like you usually do. Uh, I looked up what happens if the Detroit Lions finish second in the division. They're at plus 900 to finish second. And then again, that's not a bet on Detroit. It's a bet against Chicago and Minnesota, but it's pretty crazy even for me. I like Detroit to have their first win against the Bengals at plus 500. That's week six. So the Lions are going to start 0-3. They play the Niners, the Packers, and the Ravens the first three weeks. It's bad. Then at Chicago... And then the Vikings. So if they can get through those games, I won five, like they probably will. Then it's at Cincinnati. And it's one of the very few games on the schedule. They might actually be able to win. And so that's plus 500. Uh, I'm just taking a shot on it. The Lions are going to lose a lot of games this year. And I think that, you know, fading them early before the books adjust is, is probably going to be a good play on them too. All right. Yeah, I well, mean, I think, I think the thing with the minus 260 is that if it gets close, you, you leave yourself room the hedge. Yeah, you could that's all, a good I mean, point. they're going to be underdogs in nearly every single game this year. And then, you know, they finished the season against Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle, yeah. and Green Bay. So it's just there's always going to be opportunities to hedge that by either playing them with the points or the money line. All right. Well, we made it through all 16 teams. But just to recap for you, we think Tampa and Green Bay are definitely the teams to beat at the top. The Rams, Niners, Seahawks, Cowboys are kind of the next in line with varying upside. And then, you know, that's six of the seven playoff spots, probably if we get there. But Raheem, can you give the listeners your three best bets out of all the things that you've talked about today? What are your three favorites on the board? My three favorites on the board is I, I like the Saints 
under nine and a half wins. I'm going to go with the Packers to win the division and then also Tampa Bay minus 185 to finish first in the division. I think that price is short as we see that Tampa Bay is minus 240 to win the division. That's a little inefficiency within the market. So if you can find it before they correct it, go ahead and do that. All right. Uh, my three three best bets. I think my favorite on the board, and I, I honestly was pretty sure you were going to take this one too. I just got to play the Cardinals last place in the division. And with a plus number in front of that, I'm all over it. Let me fade Cliff right off the cliff. Tampa Bay to win 12 or more games at minus 130. I just think like I, I'm not usually playing futures with kind of even odds or whatever. I'm looking for the long shots. But to me, that seems like a pretty safe one. And I'm just looking to you know, build up a little credit for, for otherwise. And I like Seattle in that wind band nine to 11 wins. They just kind of seem stuck in that upper middle echelon to me at plus plus one fifty five there. Uh, so I think those are my three best bets in the NFC. And that is our NFC blitz for today. So uh, that will wrap it up for our NFC blitz here at the action network podcast. We'll be back soon this week with our AFC blitz And later on this week with our season stat leaders, we've got all sorts of podcasts coming in this feed here. Don't forget to check out those AFC and NFC win total podcasts with Stucky, Raybon, and Kerner. There were four of those uh, that dropped last week. And uh, next week, next week is it. We're coming. Uh, We got Labor Day, and so we won't have anything that day. But after that, you'll get Raybon and Stucky's NFL betting guide episodes every Wednesday And then Raheem and I will be with you every Monday and Friday. Uh, We'll hit the the preview and a Monday night football and recap the betting weekend uh, that will be ready for you every Monday morning for your coffee. And we'll hot read the early lines even already starting next week. And then we'll be back on Friday each week for a quick run up and down the NFL betting board heading to the weekend. That is all right here at the Action Network. So make sure to follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network Podcast. We will see you soon.